Good evening, everyone. My name is Jeff Johnson. I'll be your moderator for this evening's class. Welcome to another lecture presented by the Green Bay Zoom class. This is a school and not a church, neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. The school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious, and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. The school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year 1958, and since that time have established branch schools throughout the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Green Bay branch was established in 1975. The Dean of the School in Green Bay is Dr. Andy Bercotteran, the President, Dr. Michael Josephson. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title for the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which were contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of our Heavenly Father is Yahweh. This has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title for the Word or Son is Elohim. This has been improperly substituted by God. And the name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. This has been erroneously rendered as Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5, there are Lord's many and God's many. We now know that each Lord must have a name, each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord or God, Elohim is a divine title, meaning this is the title our Creator chose for Himself. Jesus is, an, is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in any good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew, the Greek, or the Latin languages have any characters or letters in their alphabet that would produce the sound made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in our own English language until some 1400 years after the death of the Messiah, making such names as Jesus and Jehovah impossible renderings for the true, correct, and original name of our Father and His Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Now, Yahweh is pure spirit. And in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. Yahweh is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose the cloud to symbolize himself because the cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have the cloud drawn all around the edges of the chart to show you everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within this pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, he took on shape and form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a superincorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form could only be seen in divine vision and understood in divine revelation. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself into a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now, there's only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we should all ask ourselves is what was the name of the Savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. 
It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh our creator's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel up out of the land of Egypt, he called Moses to a top Mount Sinai and showed him this tabernacle pattern in a vision. He then instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we will show you proof how that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern, and absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The school has 10 primary constitutional aims or objectives, and they are as follows. The first is to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Second is to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third is to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth is to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern, both practical and occult science. Fifth is to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Sixth is to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh is to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth is to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth is to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And tenth is to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah, with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace. Our slogan is to speak the truth. Tonight, we'll have a prayer from Green Bay member, Dr. Tina Willicott. We'll have a song selection and the scripture reading is 1 John, the fourth chapter. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Let's take a moment put aside the cares of the day and concentrate on what is going to be presented to us tonight, realizing that it's the Holy Spirit speaking unto us and that it's not of a man. Yashua, I just thank you so much for allowing me to be here, for allowing us to gather together on this amazing platform to be able to preach the gospel to the world. Help us to stay focused, to be strong, to never doubt, and to be satisfied with that which you've given us, which is sometimes very hard to do because we always seem to want more, but we need to understand, and you've shown us throughout the book that we need to be we need to be, boy, I lost the word. We need to be grateful for where we are, and that we're even in this gospel. Thank you, Yashua, for all your many blessings. 
Thank you for keeping us strong in the gospel and just thank you. In your precious name, Yashua, let's all say hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll be reading the first chapter of John from the Holy Name Bible. That'd be John, first John, the fourth chapter. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of Yahweh, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the spirit of Yahweh. Every spirit that confesseth that Yahshua the Messiah is come in the flesh is of Yahweh. And every spirit that confesseth not that Yahshua the Messiah is come in the flesh is not of Yahweh. And this is that spirit of Antimus Messiah, whereof you have heard that it should come and even now already is in the world. Ye are of Yahweh, little children, and have overcome it, because greater is he that is in you than that he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of Yahweh. He that knoweth Yahweh heareth us. He that is not of Yahweh heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of Yahweh and everyone that loveth is born of Yahweh and knows Yahweh. He that loveth not knoweth not Yahweh for Yahweh is love. In this was manifest the love of Yahweh towards us because he sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Hereby is love, not that we loved Yahweh, but that he loved us and he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if Yahweh so loved us, we ought to love one another. No man hath seen Yahweh at any time. If we love one another, Yahweh dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know that we dwell in him, and he is in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Yahshua is the Son of Yahweh, Yahweh dwell in him, and he in Yahweh. And we have known and believed the love that Yahweh hath towards us. Yahweh is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in Yahweh, and Yahweh in him. Hereby is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because he is, so are we in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that fears not is made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love Yahweh and hateth his brother, he is a liar. 
for he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love Yahweh whom he hath not seen? And this is the commandment we have from him, that he who loved Yahweh loved his brother also. I'd like to thank everyone again for joining us this evening. A reminder to please keep yourself muted so that we can avoid distraction during the lecture, um, unless you're speaking or calling out scriptures or helping read. Um, and tonight we'll have three speakers. Uh, first speaker we'd like to call as a visiting member from the Gates New York class, Dr. Jeff Monin. Oh boy, can you uh, can you hear me okay? Yep, you're good. Thank you. Well, um, I have to say that it's uh, it's uh, it's definitely a joy to be among the brethren and to uh, have anything to share with you that I've seen and that Yahweh has revealed to me since I've been uh, coming to this class. Uh, he's the reason I came to class in any way that any of us came to this class and came to these lectures. We were brought down by invitation. And if the truth is the truth, it's we are prisoners of him because it wasn't our will that did it. It was completely against our will. And we didn't even know that when we showed up here for our first lecture. So um, um, I just, I'm just very, very happy. I'm so happy I was able to come to Green Bay uh, recently for the picnic. And then, um, and even more recently, a member here um, got married and my wife was actually able to come to this, the service here. And so many of you who were there um, made her feel so comfortable. And it was just, it was just fantastic. I mean, you know, that's my, it's been my, the prayer on my heart. It's been the biggest weight on my heart that my wife and my daughters would uh, want to come and learn something of Yahweh and learn these things for their own soul's sake. And I know that's in Yahweh's hands and uh, it's just been, you know, that's what he's used with my, with, in my life, he's used it as a, uh, as an issue of patience and, and also wisdom. So. Um, I, I just, uh, I just, um, I really am really, really happy to be here tonight. I, I probably won't be on too long. Um, and that's probably a great thing because it'll give some other people a chance and I, I can sit back and listen. But um, the scripture was beautiful because it really, it really takes out of our hands anything that we can do to uh, either be a son of Yahweh, which is if you take the physical to reveal spiritual, we didn't pick our own physical parents. So there's definitely no way that we can pick Yahweh to be our spiritual parent. Um, there are so many things to go into with that. But uh, I speak to people so often. This past weekend, I spoke to people that I had just met. And, uh, and it, it happens to all of us. When we speak to people about this truth, they're just blown away and they're like, oh, you should be a minister. You you should come to speak at my uh, my church, or you know you should you should be ordained or whatever. We always we already know we're ordained by the highest uh, calling, and uh, and that is a huge blessing. But um, uh, as I said, I'm probably going to have to cut this kind of short, and I apologize. But I really really uh, am happy to be here, and I really look forward to hearing what uh, the next speakers have to say because uh, 
because this is his show and Yashua is uh Yashua's in complete control. It's his time frame. It's and there is not a thing one of us has to worry about because everything that he has purposed he will accomplish. So when we have that in our heart and mind, it's just every burden of this world and the weight is lifted off of us and we're just so thankful. So with that, I'm just gonna say uh such a pleasure to be with all of you tonight and hallelujah. Thank you. I'll turn it back to the moderator now. Thank you, Dr. Monin. Um, I will be your next speaker this evening. Uh, again, my name is Jeff Johnson. I'm from the Green Bay class. And it is a pleasure to be here with you tonight. Um, even those few words that, that Dr. Monin was talking about, how that it's not our will, it's the will of the Father that we be here, that we learn anything that we continue in this gospel that we are raised up to preach any anything that you can think of as a gift of Yahweh a, a true gift is something you don't earn it's something that's given freely and we can't take credit for it we can't in any way take credit for the inspiration the motivation or the fruits of the labor um, it's all of Yahshua. It's all of his manifestation of love towards us. And that's what this scripture reading is about in 1 John, the fourth chapter is, like it says in verse 19, we loved him because he first loved us. You see right along the top of this chart here in front of us, we call it the Moses chart, this creation by the pattern, the six days of creation on the seventh, he rested. So if man was going to be given any credit for this at all, uh, it seems to me he would have been quite a bit earlier in the process. But in fact, man was the very last thing that Yahweh created. He was created on the sixth day after even the insects, even after the creeping things, even after the most base of things and the fish and the fowls and all the animals and all the vegetation, all was done before mankind was. And there is great wisdom in that because Yahweh knows the nature that he was going to put in man and how he would have claimed some sort of credit for this creation had he been made before any of the other animals or, or vegetation or anything else. It, it is that very nature that has to be changed. It is that very depraved, deprived, um, self-loving, self, you know, it's a narcissism. It's a, it's so self-centered. It's so, um, you know, if you could go over and grab the mysteries chart and then maybe after that, we'll, we'll grab the heart chart, but start with the mysteries chart there. You've got these two mysteries in operation and this first John, the fourth chapter was speaking of the love of Yahweh and right in the first verse, Mike, if you could go ahead and start reading right at one there, let's pick this up again and uh, get a little bit of indication here of where this is leading us. Go right ahead. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of Yahweh, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Okay, so... Beloved, believe not every spirit. And what I'd like to portray to you or convey to you in, in this message is that 
there is only one spirit of Yahweh, but within that spirit of Yahweh, there are two mysteries. There's the mystery of iniquity, which you see on the right side of this chart, the dark area of the chart, and that's gendering unto death, okay? It's, it's full of lies and iniquity and accusations and murders and lot, just anything you can do to be against Yahweh. It's, it's complete the complete opposite of Yahweh's nature, which is then pictured on the left side of this chart, which is life and peace and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. This mystery of righteousness or the mystery of Yahweh is the exact opposite of the mystery of iniquity, but they both come from the same spirit, from the same vision. Um, both, both are influences, if you will. And so when it says believe not every spirit, really what it's pointing to is believe not every thought or believe not every idea that comes to your mind and try them whether they are of Yahweh. Um, over in Corinthians, I mean, we won't go get it, but over in Corinthians, it talks about bringing into captivity every thought and really within yourself, the awareness that you have thoughts that are not Yahweh's. If we could go over and pick up Isaiah 55 and start at around 8. Um, Mike, I'm probably not going to be able to read with you much there, but I will after I'm done off the floor here. Um, no, Isaiah, I'll help them. Okay, Roxy. Um, yep. 55 and 8 in Isaiah, if you could, please. Isaiah 55 and 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith Yahweh. You want me to pick okay. it up at six? Okay. Um, sure. Let's let's start back up at six. Okay. Isaiah 55 and 6. Seek ye Yahweh while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Okay, so what? this is only this is only going to be for a short time. And I'll I'll interrupt you as you're going some here, uh, mm -hmm. Roxy. Yeah. Yahweh is only going to be available for a short time. This creation is nearing its end. It's a temporary dwelling for all of us. Our, either our lives will end or the creation itself will go out. And a new age and new earth and new heaven and earth will be revealed. It's talked about in our aims. It's talked about in the scriptures that this earth plane is temporary. These bodies are temporary. So Yahweh is only going to be available to you for a short time. And you need to know about him now. Inheriting eternal life now is the kingdom of Yahweh. So that's what Orlando's conventions coming up this week is going to be about. And it's very much in the forefront of our minds right now. Go ahead with verse six again, if you would please, sir. Sure. Isaiah 55 and six. Seek ye Yahweh while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Okay. Keep going. Let, let the wicked forsake his way. And the unrighteous man, his thoughts. Okay, so there's a wicked way and unrighteous thoughts, all right? There's these thoughts that have nothing to do with Yahweh are known as wicked thoughts or wicked and unrighteous ways to Yahweh. They don't give him any credit. They don't give him any, any praise. They don't give him any glory. Okay, keep going. And let him return unto Yahweh, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our Elohim, for he will abundantly pardon. Okay, so while we're still in these bodies, there's opportunity now to return unto Yahweh, and Yahweh will have mercy upon you. 
He will abundantly pardon any iniquity and any sin that you might have might have had happen in your life. It's you're not beyond repair, but you need to come to Yahweh now. And that is that's what the first speaker was talking about. You know that that righteous prayer that we pray for our loved ones to come to this gospel and the people around us and to want to know something of our, our of Yahweh, our creator. He will abundantly pardon if those souls are turned to him and, and seek him. Okay, keep going. Eight, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith Yahweh. Okay, so we've heard it said many times in the Green Bay class. So that means Yahweh thinks just like me. No, not quite. Not. Not quite. It's, uh, it's quite a contrary thing to how he, how he thinks compared to how we think. Exact opposite ends of the spectrum, just like this chart is showing, there is an opposition to Yahweh set up right from the creation of the world and the creation of the angelic host. That angel, Lucifer, was set up to deceive the whole world, it says over in Revelation, the 12th chapter, that none were spared from his iniquity, none were spared from his lies, none were spared from his deceit, but that they were allowed to repent, and two-thirds of the angels repented, but a third were cast down with him into the earth plane. And now he's come down having great wrath, for he knows it has shut but a short time. That's what we're talking about, is that there's just not a lot of time to get this message out to folks. There's only a few that are going to be saved here at the end, but all of those have to hear the gospel and repent and be brought in to have any opportunity to hear and to be saved. So we do this vigilantly. We, we really are diligent about this purpose to try and get this gospel of death, burial, and resurrection of Yahshua the Messiah out to the world as much as we can. So our thoughts are not his thoughts. And it also says, your ways are not my ways. You know, the idea that we think like Yahweh or that we act like Yahweh is pretty delusional. And you can see where delusion is on this chart here. It's all the way over there in that iniquity at the far right off the top of the vision up there. So the arrow is pointing directly from vision right onto delusion, which is it's the opposite of truth. It's the opposite of understanding. It's the opposite of knowledge. There is no revelation and delusion. It's a complete fantasy. It's a complete illogical conclusion even in most cases where it's despite the facts it's despite the information it's despite everything that you can tell unto a person about Yahweh their creator and how he operates the mystery of iniquity has confused and blinded the mind so that they want to believe the exact opposite so when it says over in first John the fourth chapter there that we need to try every spirit or every thought whether it be of Yahweh, because there's many false ones that have gone out into the world. And that those false messages and doctrines and thoughts are all from that father of lies, the devil, and Satan and his host. They're the influence in this world. It's Satan's kingdom on this earth. And Yahweh is also setting up a kingdom that the world knows nothing about. Let's jump back over to 1 John, the fourth chapter. And keep reading there, Mike, in verse 2. 
Hereby know ye the spirit of Yahweh. Every spirit that confesseth that Yahshua, the Messiah, is come in the flesh, is of Yahweh. Okay, so that spirit of iniquity will tell you that you have no hope. He'll tell you that there is no salvation. He'll tell you that there is no resurrection of the dead. He'll tell you that there is no... The only way to heaven is through the Pope. He'll tell you that the only way to heaven is through lighting of candles and holy water and whatever whatever doctrine he deems to be true. Not what does saith Yahweh, but what does what do these churches say and what do these religions say? And and none of them are preaching Yahweh and none of them are preaching grace. They're all preaching death-causing works. They're all they're all preaching delusion and iniquity and hiding the truth. Most most every minister or pastor that you've ever encountered in your life has gone through some sort of religious schooling and they were taught the true names and they were taught some level of truth and they deny it every last one of them to their congregations to their followers to their believers and subsequently that depraved nature that delusion is then passed upon all men and it's, he's the father of confusion and the father of lies. And so when we say try every thought, right within yourself, the, the nature of the revelation is that you will be brought into subjection unto life, not death, but unto life where you have the gift of discernment and can try these thoughts that are in your head of, was that from Yahweh or was that something else? And it's, it's really a simple thing when it's given to you because it's, it simplifies everything into it's either telling me something about Yahweh or it's trying to get me to see something in the world. And it doesn't mean that worldly things are bad. They can all teach us something about Yahweh. But if it's to try and get us lured away and, and seduced with shiny things or wealth or you know, the things of this world and, and putting people up on pedestals and worshiping people and worshiping objects, all of those things are, are just iniquity to the highest degree. And, and it's all delusion. It's all confusion. So that's not what we're after. We're after these things that gender under, under life. We're after this gift of Yahweh of discernment to take these thoughts captive before we act on them to think before we act. I know my parents brought me up in a, a church background of, you know, non-denominational and Baptist and whatever else. And it was all about a moral compass, right? It was all about moral upbringing, but it still taught me nothing about Yahweh. It still taught me nothing about the revelation of Yahweh working in us, in, in us as sons of Yahweh that have been truly given the gift of discernment have been given the gift of, you know, just this beautiful inheritance. These things that are on that left side of the chart there are just glorious. When he is your righteousness, when he is your healing, when he provides for you, when he is your banner, we declare Yahweh with everything we have. He is your shepherd. He's guiding your way and your thoughts. He is your rest and your, your refreshing. He is your life. 
He is everything. He is all in all. I will be what I will to be. That's what he wills to be to his sons. He wills to be their everything. And so we've had many people come into this class for their first times that say, oh, you're all hung up on the names. Well, in fact, if you're listening to what doth saith Yahweh, Yahweh's hung up on his name. He loves his name. He loves teaching his sons about their family name. And so uh, first speaker mentioned something about you didn't get to pick your physical family, so you sure don't get to pick your spiritual family. Very true statement. And also think about it. You don't get to pick your family name. Your family name is given to you as a son of that family. But, you know, most people in a physical example will treasure their family names and try and promote it and try and do anything they can not to bring discredit to that family name. They'll do whatever they can to promote that name in a positive light and shed, you know, good news about that name, right? And that, that really is what the gospel of Yahshua is all about, is promoting the name of Yahweh and promoting his salvation and promoting his great gift and promoting the things that he has given us as his son, as joint heirs. I mean, if you could jump over to the heart chart, that'd be great. Um, you know, this chart is about the, the configuration of a heart before it comes into class. And then on that left side there, it's that stony heart. It's incapable of feeling. It's, there is no conscience and control. There is no inner voice. There's no, mo most people in the world, honestly, don't even know that there's anything wrong with them. That Isaiah 55 talking about the, you know, let the wicked man forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts and return unto Yahweh. They don't even know that they're wicked or unrighteous. Uh, most people don't know that they need a savior. Most people don't realize that they have a heart problem, that they have something wrong in inside them, that there's, they, they don't know that they're deceived. They don't know that they're dead on the inside or have that carnal mind and it all genders to those attributes that you see on the left side there. And that middle portion of the chart is what we're going through in class right now. We're surrounded by a phenomenal darkness, but we're being allowed a piece at a time to see Yahweh working in us. He is softening our hearts, changing our hearts so that we can feel and so that we can hear and see the things that he's teaching us and giving us tons of witnesses to everything going on. And then it genders under those, those fruits of the spirit on the right-hand side there with the new day dawning in our hearts and him presenting us unto the father in this ages to come as a chaste and pure creature where Yahshua is the only thing the father sees. He's, he's conforming us to the image of Yahshua not leaving us with that stony heart, not leaving us with that old depraved nature that only cared about itself and no one else, but putting in us that heart of love that's talked about in First John, the fourth chapter here. Keep reading, Mike, if you would. Verse three. And every spirit that confesseth not that Yahshua the Messiah is come in the flesh is not of Yahweh. And this is the spirit of anti-Messiah, whereof you have heard that it is, that it should come, and even now is already in the world. So now 
I want to just capture this verse a little bit here because it says every spirit that confesses not that Yahshua the Messiah is come in the flesh is not of Yahweh. So you've you've probably seen the billboards driving up and down the highway. You've seen the televangelists. You've seen it in churches. You've seen it all over the place that Jesus is Jesus is coming, right? That's what the world preaches that he's coming back. So you better be ready for him. Um, that is patently false, patently wrong. Obviously, we know the name is wrong because there's no J in Hebrew, Greek, Hebrew, Greek, or Latin. The name was from Yahweh. He comes in his father's name. It is Yahshua. Yahweh is salvation. But not only that, he has already been here in the flesh and resurrected a life-giving spirit or a, a quickening spirit. That resurrection and then that Pentecost 50 days after is the key to the kingdom of Yahweh. Personally, every soul has to have a Pentecost. They have to have a revelation of Yahweh and his ever presence. They have to have a revelation of what Yahweh is doing, not only his purpose in this earth plane, but with them individually. That love of Yahweh has to be put in you. That understanding, he has to open it up for you. He has to cause you to see him. He has to teach you about himself. Um, if we could jump over to Matthew 11 and 27. Matthew 11 and 27. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Okay, so this has to come by revelation from the Son or from Yahshua. This has to be delivered in that fashion. Everything was delivered by Yahweh unto Yahshua to carry out this purpose. And then everything from there has to be handed out through Yahshua to his sons, to whom he will reveal the father. Okay. Everything has to be revealed in that manner. It says over in Isaiah 28, 9 and 10 that he will, whom will he teach and whom will he make to understand doctrine? It's up to him. It's not about us choosing anything. It's about him choosing and calling and making sure that the election is, you know, it stands sure and that it, it, nothing can sway the purpose of Yahweh, of who he's chosen and who he will reveal this to. There's just so many beautiful, beautiful things going on in this purpose and that it's all about an inheritance of the sons. It's all about, you know, this kingdom of Yahshua on earth has to be set up so that when this age goes out and time is erased and this earth plane is erased, those souls will go on learning about Yahweh. Um, if we could jump over to Ephesians, the second chapter, let's uh, go to two and six and start there. Ephesians two and six. <clears throat> And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Yahshua the Messiah. Okay, and that's that's just like the second name of this institute where he's 
forming a nucleus of your universal brotherhood in Yahshua the Messiah. Right now, in this earth plane, he is forming that universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. There's no age involved in it. There's no stipulations put on it other than he has chosen who will be in that universal brotherhood of humanity, that nucleus. Okay, he is forming the body of Yahshua right now. And he's making us sit together. He's raised us up. Keep going, Mike. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Yahshua the Messiah. Okay, so just like that first speaker was talking about tonight when his wife came to the class and was introduced to this teaching, the love that's portrayed. We wouldn't have it any other way. If you're a true son of Yahweh, you will present this in love to anyone who will listen. That is the nature of Yahshua is to present this thing in love. Enemy or family member, doesn't matter. If you truly love the brethren, as it said in the scripture reading tonight, it has the effect that you will bring this teaching, this good news, this gospel of the kingdom to any creature who will listen. If you're given an opportunity to preach, Yahweh will open your mouth and cause it to happen. You can't even take credit for that because, again, trying those thoughts, whether they be of Yahweh, and, and I hope this is cohesive and making sense to, to someone tonight because it, it, Yahshua is the driving force behind everything we do. And I just, I can't imagine wanting to take credit for it. You know, just like I was talking about with those days of creation, he created us last for a reason, to show us and, hum, and humble us that we were not the creators of this thing. He did the whole show. He put the sun, moon, and stars in the sky he created the whole universe. He created every creature. He created all the, the entire earth plane. We were the icing on the cake. We were the crown jewel that he was working with and putting his spirit in after Pentecost. But we're talking about a purpose that has never been pushed aside. We're talking about a purpose that has never been delayed. We're talking about a creator that is all in all that he is the motivating force and the animating process for everything in this creation, including you and me. So we're here in these classes really pushing back against the doctrines of the world, not the people of the world, because we want those people to hear this and be converted and be saved. But we're pushing back against doctrine, the doctrines that free will operates everything in chance and that Everything is, you know, from nothing. And, you know, those couldn't be more evil words. Those couldn't be more evil doctrines in Yahweh's eyes. That somehow Yahweh is not in control when it's his very substance that makes up the entire thing. What creator would just allow his substance to, to be happenstance anywhere? You won't find an artist anywhere like that. The artist is always in control of the artwork. The potter is always in control of the clay. 
it, it's just a, a ridiculous sentiment and it's truly a confusion of many levels that Yahweh is somehow not in control or not ever present. And that really is that revelation that we're trying to get through to people and, and prove to people that he is here. He is in people now working his purpose and, and preaching this gospel with witnesses where the world would just have you believe blindly. They, they tell you that blind belief is better than witnesses. And we've even heard that in our own classroom from people coming in from outside that, oh, blind belief is more powerful than these witnesses. Um, you know, scientific method tells you otherwise. It's all about repeatability. It's all about unerring accuracy. It's about predictable outcomes, pattern that, that we see represented on this chart here, the divine pattern of the universe, this tabernacle that's talked about. It's a true pattern of how Yahweh operates in his purpose. That death, burial, resurrection, and glorification is the pattern he operates by. And it's how we all operate. So I hope I haven't confused anyone. I, I really am just trying to bring forth this all being from Yahweh. He, we love him because he first loved us, that our ways are not his ways and that we have to undergo a change. And that this can all be drawn into conclusive lines and, and brought together with evidence so that we see that he is operating a purpose and that you can be a partaker of this and an inheritance can be given unto you now so that you can continue on in ages to come learning of him. It's really all I have time for tonight. Um, I hope somebody got something out of it, and all praise and glory goes unto Yahshua the Messiah. Um, I'll introduce our next speaker, um, be a visiting member from the Cowdersport, Pennsylvania class, Dr. Kathy Hewels. Wow, I really enjoyed the first two speakers. It was so loaded. It's like the whole purpose and plan of Yahweh was talked about in two speakers. It was just very, very edifying. Um, something I've been thinking about, and this scripture reading picks it up. In 1 John, the fourth chapter, it says, uh, the second chapter, hereby know ye the spirit of Yahweh. Every spirit that confesses that Yahshua is come in the flesh is of Yahweh is come not has come we know he has come we know he was back there with joshua the son of Nun. we know he worked through holy men as they were moved by the holy spirit he came as joshua the messiah but now he is come in you and me and when he does that that makes us his children would you go back to the arsura chart please see we were part well first of all i want to say the there are two mysteries here within Yahweh and Yahweh Elohim Yahshua is the mystery of righteousness that is who Yahweh is that's his character when Yahweh took on shape and form as Yahweh Elohim you're seeing the expressed image or the divine nature that Yahweh really is his core his soul as it were Yahweh is 
righteous and good and perfect. And then you see the mystery of iniquity totally opposing everything that Yahweh stands for, you know. And um, Yahweh Elohim, in this state, Dr. Kinley said something very important, and I want to read it because it, it goes, well, I'll just finish right here in First uh, John 4, 2. Every spirit that confesseth this Yahshua is come in the flesh as of Yahweh. And I just want to add that it is Yahweh's love to come down, provide this teaching, this great gospel. That's love to prove that he's real, that he's the creator by a pattern, to prove that he's the savior by that pattern, law, prophets, and fulfillment, and the creation backing it up. There's love for him to break himself down. And then the ultimate to die for our iniquity. And in John 15, 13, there is no greater love than this, than a man laid down his life for his friend. The, the mystery of righteousness, he, he, one of the attributes that sums him up really well is love. And that's a, a very magnified attribute in Yahweh's purpose, and that's love. And I just wanted you to see if you could go back to the AS or a chart, please. I'm sorry to run you around. You're doing a good job. Dr. Kinley said that Yahweh Elohim on the left side here, Yahweh Elohim and Yahshua, the only begotten son of Yahweh. Dr. Kinley talked about how that this is what his purpose is all about. I, I want to read you something that Dr. Kinley said. This is just, to me, it's really important. And it shows how much the creator loves us to be able to know him and to know that he died for our sins. If it wasn't for the gospel, we wouldn't know all these things. And to know that we can have his Holy Spirit and we don't have to try to work up on getting it. Even after we come to class for 50 years, we don't have to try to do right. If Yahshua is within us, we're going to do right because he is the mystery of righteousness, the only begotten son. And listen here, this is something really important. Some, are you listening? Because this is really important. The, the left side of this chart here is dealing with the creator. He's one of a kind. There's no other creature like Yahweh Elohim, Yahshua, Yahweh. There, there's just, well, when I say creature, I'm talking about Yahweh taking on shape and form. And that in Revelation 13, 8, he's the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He took on shape and form. And it was because he loved us and wanted us to know him. But he's the creator. He is one of a kind. In the Abrahamic promise, remember how that Yahweh told Abraham that I'm going to bless your seed, that through your seed, all nations would be blessed. And Isaac was the type, but it was really pointing out Yahshua through his seed. 
Well, Yahshua is being fruitful and multiplying and bearing seed after his own kind, after him. And that's because he loves us. He's letting us be part of him through learning, knowing, and understanding him through the preaching of the gospel. This is the important thing I want you to see. This is the creator, one of a kind, the mystery of righteousness. He is the only one that's righteous. You don't need to feel pressure on you doing everything right because he is the only righteous one and he's the creator and he created Lucifer, Satan, or the devil. He created him to be an opponent. Lucifer isn't the creator. He's a created creature. I'll, I'll admit he's the height of iniquity of the angelic creation. And he is uh, being like the most high, but he's a created creature. And all the angels that Yahweh made, they were created. They were not Yahweh taken on shape and form like he did with Yahweh Elohim. As it says in Isaiah 45, 7, I form the light. That's Yahweh taken on shape and form to be the light. And I create darkness. So that principle of being the creator and being the created is important because the creator is the only mystery of righteousness. And Dr. Kinley refers to him as the only begotten son. That's an important designation. Yahweh Elohim is how Yahweh's carrying his purpose out. And don't we always say, the moderator says, Yahweh Elohim is the word or son. And we know him under this covenant to be Yahshua too. Yahweh Elohim is Yahshua. See? He, he, he's begotten. He's formed. When Yahweh took on shape and form, he's the only begotten son. Just like from a physical standpoint, when your parents get together and have a baby, that baby's begotten of the parent. And he shows the parent's nature, the parent's DNA and characteristics and even social characteristics as it grows up. Okay. There's a difference between begotten and created. And I want you to see that Yahweh Elohim is the only begotten. He's not created. And this is what Dr. Kinley said. This is in the white book transcript number 26, April 16, 1975, called Satanic Spirit, Colonel Mind in the Flesh. Dr. Kinley says, and this is going to be the most important thing I'm going to try to stress tonight is what I'm going to talk about right now. Now, Yahshua, the Messiah, I want you to know who he was. Now, he was the son of Yahweh. The only begotten son of Yahweh. Now, I did not say created. I said begotten son. The only begotten son. I think he's made a point there. Now, we're at ground zero where nobody can go beyond what we're talking about. The father and his son, Yahshua. So when you look at this side of the chart, the mystery of righteousness, that's the only begotten son, Yahshua. And the mystery of iniquity, he's a son of perdition. He's doomed for the lake. Yeah, the potter decided that he will go to the lake 
when he created him. There's no converting Satan and the one third of the angelic host that, that all sinned against Yahweh and were cast out of heaven. Okay. But all the creatures are created. They're not begotten. They're created. They're a whole different category of creature. The angelic and the angelic's a higher order than the physical creation. But all the creatures, Satan, the angelic, and the physical, they're all created creatures. But Yahweh Elohim or Yahshua, he's the only begotten son. And he happens to be called the mystery of righteousness in 1 Timothy 3.16. And the previous speaker talked about in 2 Thessalonians 2.7, the mystery of iniquity, how hard he's working in this earth plane to deceive the the whole creation about the true doctrine of Yahweh, the truth of our creator and how he loves us. And 1 John 4, 8, uh, 17, if you could read that. This is what I've been thinking about. 1 John 4 and 17. Uh -huh. Here, herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. Well, we know what's so great and special about him. He's the only begotten son. He's not created and he's the mystery of righteousness. So if you're gonna find righteousness anywhere, you're going to find it with the creator. And if there's going to be righteousness with the angels or with the souls of men, it's going to be his spirit in them. That's why John's talking about how great Yahweh loved us. He let us have his Holy Spirit and be his son, a begotten son, seed bearing seed after its own kind, so that we can discern both mysteries. Okay, I want you to read that one more time. 17. Sure, verse 17. Here and, is and, and I'm also going to need John 14, 1 through 5. Okay. This is 1 John 4, 17. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. The previous speakers showed you how he is, how our creator is loving, how this is, this is the creator and this, this tabernacle represents his bride and his relationship with his bride. These are all the good things he is to his bride. And the previous speaker already talked about it, it's, but it's because he loves us, see? As he is, so are we. Well, he's the only begotten son, and he dwells in righteousness, peace, and joy. As he is, so are we. Now, based on that principle, I want to go back to John, the 14th chapter. And I was just reading through Dr. Kinley transcripts. And the way I study is I check out what Dr. Kinley says. And then I go back in the law and the prophets and the creation and get witnesses for it. 
because he's the one that got the vision and revelation from Yahweh to begin with. And he laid it down to us. Not that he didn't teach it with witnesses. He did. But he didn't always give you a whole ton of witnesses. So it's good to check it out. It's good to investigate and get more witnesses for yourself. Okay, John, the 14th chapter. You Go said ahead. One, one through five? Yep. Okay. <clears throat> Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in Yahweh, believe also in me. Now, Yahshua is saying this to his disciples. You believe in Yahweh, believe also in me. Go ahead. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I would have told you if it were not so. In my father's house are many mansions. Well, this is the father's house. The body, Yahshua himself, Yahweh Elohim. That's the father's house. That's the sanctum of sanctorium. That's where all righteousness dwells. That's the father's house. Not someplace up in the sky where if you do good works, you're going to make it to heaven and go be with the father somewhere in a mansion in the sky. And the mansions are the souls that make up the body of Yahshua. Okay, read that too again. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. I go to prepare a place for you. Now, I was raised under Burbank Mitchell in New York State. And I always thought that meant Yahshua went to prepare a place. Well, what was the place he prepared? I was taught, well, he's in the kingdom. He, he prepared the kingdom. He's in heaven. But Dr. Kinley explains this place. And it makes it made it made me understand the whole idea of the principle of place. Keep going. And Verse if I three. Go, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. And if I go to prepare a place, I'll come again. And if you read down farther, he said, even the spirit of truth, I'm going to give you and all that. I will not leave you comfortless. He said, if I go to prepare a place, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Why? That where I am, there you may be also. It's the same thing John said in 1 John. This is the same guy. He's writing these books. John. John wrote 1 John. Now, first of all, I want to show you what Dr. Kinley said the place was, because I always thought it was like where Yahshua was, was in heaven, in the kingdom. But that's not what Dr. Kinley said that meant. This is in uh, the white transcript book, 1225-1973. Uh, now, we are the sons of Yahweh, you see. Now, since we're the sons having his spirit in you, what manner of love is this that father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of Yahweh? You see, now in order to be a son of Yahweh, we have to have the Holy Spirit in us. So we are, now he went, prepared a place for us. Now, the place that he prepared for us is where he was when he said that he was the son of Yahweh. 
and he was going away to prepare a place. Now we're in that place. That is to say, we are the sons with the Holy Spirit or the Father in us. And the place he went to when, when he said, I, I have to go prepare a place, he had to get out of the flesh. We know that the purpose under the old covenant or for those 4,000 years, that was temporary. He's setting up types and shadows so he could come in and fulfill and we could know and understand him with the witnesses. But after Pentecost, you know, we're, we're into the spirit and we're going into ages to come that there is no time. But the place that, that he went to is out of the flesh. And he had to do that to prepare for us to be where he was when he was saying that. I go to prepare a place. He went out of the flesh. So that 53 days later, not 2,000 years later, like the world thinks, Jesus is coming back from the time he left. I go to prepare a place that where I am, you can be also. 53, 53 days later, the Holy Spirit came into the Jews on the day of Pentecost. And seven years later, the Gentiles. And now at the end of this age, Pentecost is happening within all of us. And the previous speaker says we all have to have a Pentecost and a revelation, which is true, right? I just want to read some of these Dr. Kinley uh, quotes to you because this is really important. Okay. Um, hang on here. Um, somebody says, all right, uh, this is in the, I'm taking up all my time reading. Uh, this is in the black book, uh, number 12, July 24th, 1971 convention. Dr. Kinley says, now, if you are a son, not a saint, and somebody had quoted 1 John 3, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we might be called a son. He says, now, if you are a son, not a saint, not a Christian, not a Baptist, not a Methodist, not a Roman Catholic, none of that. But if you are a son of Yahweh, as Yahshua the Messiah said that he was, and he was acknowledged at the River Jordan when he said in John's baptizing, this is my beloved son. Now, that's what you're going to have to have in you now. Now, he went to prepare a place for you. Now, somebody thought that, well, he's gone on into heaven now, and he's gone to prepare a place for us. And after a while, he's going to come back and escort us there to our apartment. Because in, he said, in my father's house, there's many mansions. Well, he was his father's house. And in it was many mansions. I, got, I just got through telling you that we are all the family of Yahweh. And we are the son as he was then. And what he said to him, if I go, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. Now listen at this statement. Where I am, where he was standing right there, then in the flesh. He was a son of Yahweh Elohim. Now you, you following that? 
Now where he was at that time is where you're supposed to be now. And that's the place that he prepared for you. And there's about eight more witnesses to that. But he wanted us to know is the answer where he is, I, you will be also, it's not the kingdom, it's not heaven, it's you're a son. And Yahweh set up a sonship down through the law and the prophets. In Exodus 4.22, it says, Israel is my son, even my firstborn, and let my son go. I paraphrased it, but he set up that son to reflect him. Now, we know that the children of Israel were carnally minded, and Yahweh sent Moses down by the Holy Spirit with a vision that he got at the burning bush. He sent him down with the name of Yahweh to deliver the children of Israel out from the bondage of Pharaoh, who was, who was Satan incarnated. He was the devil incarnated in a body. And he had all the world at that time deceived and in bondage to him. And according to the Abrahamic promise, Yahweh was going to send somebody to deliver the children of Israel out of that bondage to Pharaoh. And he sent Moses just like he promised. Yahweh always keeps his word. Satan's a liar. Yahweh's a truth. He always tells the truth. He is the truth. But the children of Israel learned the name of Yahweh. Yahweh enacted signs for them to know that, that Yahweh sent Moses. And he poured out a whole bunch of plagues to destroy Pharaoh. And he told Israel how to take out a Passover lamb and put the blood of the lamb on the four points. The basin of blood is the fourth point at the bottom of the, around the door. And we know that's showing forth Yahshua the Messiah with his four points of blood, one on his crown of thorns, two hands and his feet. And that lamb down in Egypt showing forth Yahshua as the lamb. And that lamb's blood had to be shed for Israel to be delivered from the bondage of death and deception and just the bondage of the mystery of iniquity. Because they were children of the mystery of iniquity while they're under his bondage. But in order for them to come out of there, you had to have the death of the lamb and the blood of the lamb shed because there's no redemption of sin without the blood. And trust me, Israel were sinners down here. They were into pagan worship, just like the Egyptians. The only difference is Yahweh chose them to be his. And he delivered them by death, burial and resurrection, brings them to the mount. And he tells them what a son would be in, in Exodus 19, um, four through seven. I'm, I'm going to read this real fast because I spent so much time reading Dr. Kinley. Exodus 19, six, uh, five. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people for all the earth is mine. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak unto the children of Israel. And he tells them, Israel's my son. So this is say, what he's saying about his son. He's going to make him a kingdom and a holy priesthood. 
and they're his son. And the job description for Yahweh's son is in Deuteronomy, the 10th chapter. And I'll let you read that yourself. Start at 12 through 23. You can read this. It talks about what you should do, what Yahweh requires of you. And what he requires of you as his son is to love, serve, honor, obey, and glorify him. That's what he set up Israel to be. But obviously, they were never supposed to be that. Yahweh just set it up for a witness to point to him and to reflect him in the spirit that he, as the only begotten son, is righteousness. Okay. Okay. We got your message. Thank you. Um, first, I want to bring you down through the book that Yahweh Elohim is the only begotten son. And then I want to show you how he allowed us to become his own, how we are now his begotten sons by measure. He's the head and we make up his body or his kingdom. Uh, I want, I already quoted Revelation um, 8, uh, 13, 8, where it says he's the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. We know from the lamb down in Egypt that there's no iniquity with the lamb. The lamb shows forth righteousness. So Yahweh Elohim is that mystery of righteousness, you know, and he's the only begotten son. And in Psalms 2, verse 6, it says that he's the begotten son of Yahweh. And Yahshua, the Messiah, fulfills it. In John 1.14, where it starts out in John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with Yahweh, and the word was Yahweh. And then 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Yahweh Elohim, or Yahshua, is the only begotten son. And he set up Israel as a son. But Israel couldn't be obedient to the covenant that Yahweh gave, us, gave them or the principles of a, of a righteous son that they should manifest, being the sons and daughters or the children of Yahweh or his nation that he's working with he called them his son when he made them his nation and in hosea 11 1 he said israel is my son even my firstborn and out of egypt have i called my son and yahshua promised the jews if they would receive the messiah in john 1 12 He said, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of Yahweh, even to them that believe on his name. So obviously, there are types of sons when Yahshua the Messiah comes in to fulfill. There are types of the children of Israel. I mean, they are the children of Israel, but they're still in iniquity. They're not in righteousness. Under the old covenant, they didn't have any righteousness. You had to work for your righteousness under the old covenant. If you could do the works, it would be your righteousness. But guess what? There's none righteous, not even one. 
Oh my, I'm, I'm out of time already. Okay. Dr. Kinley said that Yahshua died on the cross so that you could be a son, so that you could be in the place that he was when he said, I go to prepare a place that where I am, you could be also. He, we can be his sons. And in 1 John, the third chapter, what manner of love is this, that we should be called the sons of Yahweh? I don't think you realize what a great thing this is. You would have no righteousness. If you did not have the Holy Spirit in you, you would have no righteousness because he's where righteousness abides. And the only way that you can have it is if he gets in you. And that's because he loves you. In Galatians 4, 4 through 7, if you want to read that quick. I have the five-minute bill. Galatians 4. Yep. And four, verse 4. 4 through 7. All right, starting at verse 4. But when and the Romans fullness... 8, 14 through 17. Okay. I'm in Galatians 4 and 4. But when the fullness of the time was come... Yahweh sent forth his son, made of a woman made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. So we can become sons. Keep going. And because ye are sons, Elohim hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Now that's really what it means to be a son. Romans 8, 14. Romans 8 and verse 14, for as many as are led by the spirit of Yahweh, they are the sons of Yahweh. They are the sons. And it's because he loves us that he died the death of an outcast dog. Read Isaiah 53. He's the lamb that had to die. And we showed the lamb down in Egypt. And you've got types and shadows of righteous uh, types laying down their lives like a lamb. Yahshua the Messiah was the lamb that died for us so that we could be a begotten son, seed bearing seed after his own kind. That's a high calling. You get to manifest his nature, folks. And in Romans 8, 29, it says he has conformed us to the image of his dear son. That means we're going to have the same righteous nature as he does. And that's the place that you need to be. And lots of times Dr. Kinley says, now, if you're in your right place, if you're a son, then you ought to do this or whatever. And um, in Matthew 24, 15, it says, when you therefore shall see the abom abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel, the prophet, stand in the holy place. Well, by your pattern. The holy place, if you take it to the transmutation of spirit, Yahweh is the most holy place. Yahweh Elohim is the holy place and Yahshua is the court roundabout in the flesh. But it says stand in the holy place. And we know that means to stand in Yahshua as his son, because he loved us enough to die for our sins. So could we could be his righteous sons by faith, not our not by our, our own works of righteousness. Take the pressure off yourself. Yahshua is the creator. He's the only one that's begotten and he's the only one that's righteous. And if that's in you, then you are now a begotten son. Read 17 joint heirs. 
Romans uh, 8, 17, your joint heirs. Yeah. Romans 8 and 17. Uh-huh. And if, child, if children, then heirs, heirs of Yahweh and joint heirs with the Messiah. See, Yahshua so is the blessed seed. And we're really riding in on his blessing through, you know, Isaac. All nations were blessed. Well, Abraham is a type of Yahweh through Yahshua. The angelic and the physical realms are blessed because he came in and fulfilled the law and the prophets, proved he was the one, died for our sins, and poured out his Holy Spirit so we could be a begotten son that he loves, that makes up his spiritual body, his spiritual kingdom. We dwell in righteousness, peace, and joy. Not our own works of righteousness, but it's righteousness by faith in Yahshua. And you know how the lamb shows forth righteousness. Well, you have a witness on your backbone. You have 33 vertebrae to your backbone. That shows forth that Yahshua died at 33 for our uprightness. Your backbone gives you uprightness. And you also have uh, the spinal cord. That'd be like Yahweh Elohim in the flesh. And there's 63 generations, those 63 nerves. And there's a big H. G standing for Holy Ghost if you took a cross section of the spinal cord. My time is up, but I hope you got something out of the place because that's where we are. We're in the same place as our creator. Thank you. Sorry for going over time. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dr. Hules. Our final speaker this evening will be a visiting member from the Oceanside, California class, Dr. Diane Emler. Diane, are you there? Can you unmute? I am here. Sorry. Oh, thank you. No problem. Go ahead. I was having some uh, difficulties with the computer. That's um, fine. We can hear you. Go ahead. All right. Um, well, it's been uh, an enjoyable class, and I believe that everyone uh, spoke from their heart, as we all should do, uh, meaning we should speak from our heart or speak truth um, always whether we're with people in class or whether we are uh, amongst the world. Uh, Dr. Kinley made the statement, if you're honest with yourself and honest with your fellow man and honest with Yahweh, you'll be okay. And sometimes that honesty uh, is a lot harder than what we think it should be. Um, we have a tendency to lie to ourselves, uh, give excuses. Um, 
we have a tendency at times uh, to avoid questions. We don't want answered because we think the answer will hurt a person. And it really can turn into a tangled web. But the point is just be honest. And uh, I was listening to a Dr. Kinley tape and he spoke about when you come to class, just sit and relax and be yourself. You don't have to try to be somebody, try to be like someone else, pretend that uh, everything is perfect and peaceful in your little world when in actuality it's falling apart. And yet you think you, because you come to class, you should be like that. So you pretend that you are or your situation is. We just need to learn not to be afraid. And uh, the scripture spoke about that fear. Mm. And uh, let's go over to that again. And let me get it in the book here. First uh, John. Four. One eighteen. Is that where it is, Mike? Let me get there. One sec. Oh, I picked up this book and I knew it was my Bible, but it's actually Reba's using my old Bible. So <laughs> It is 18. Okay. All right. Um, why don't you just go ahead and read? First John 5, 18. 4, 18? First John, first John 4, 18. Yeah. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Now, according to this, according to uh, what John wrote, that let's try to pick this up a little bit. Wait a minute. Um, let's pick it up at seven. Okay. Uh, in the beginning, just to you know, he's, he speaks of the fact that um, Yahshua is in you or that spirit of righteousness is in you. Mm -hmm. If you confess that Yahshua is come in the flesh. Mm -hmm. And I, when I first came into class and read that, I thought, well, that's no big deal. Everybody believes Jesus came. Um, but really, when you look at this, and he says, everyone that believeth that Yahshua is, as Kathy pointed out, is come in the flesh, is of Yahweh. And you can confess that Yahshua is come in the flesh because Yahshua has come in your flesh. Mm -hmm. And that is how you are uh, just second. My mind just 
smooth winds of summer here? We are. Yahshua spoke in the, I believe we don't have to go there in the 14th chapter of John uh, about me and my father are one. Mm -hmm. And then he prayed um, that we, meaning uh, his followers, I'll put it that way, um, may be one also. And the only way that you can be truly one with him is that he be in you. And it's not only he's being in you, but you also are within him. I just looked, listened to a tape and Dr. Kinley stood up there on the floor and said, now Yahweh, there's nothing but Yahweh. And then waited a minute and turned around and said, did you get that? There's nothing nothing except for Yahweh. Uh, I recently had a discussion about when you're called up on the floor and it's easy to think, oh, I don't have anything to work with and uh, so on and so forth. And it, we think that way in error because if you're doing the speaking, there's a problem right from the start. But Yahweh has no problem through Yahshua to say what he means and mean what he says. Mm -hmm. And your job is just to allow him to do that. Uh, he's going to do it anyways, whether you think you're allowing him or not. But the point being, you need to sit back and relax and let him work his work. Now, does that mean you sit back and do nothing? Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. Because once you come in and get a glimpse about what's going on in this class, it turns to be your desire uh, to what I'd like to call work the work of the ministry help in whatever way you can. Uh, when you're called up to speak, even though I'm not a good speaker and this and that, and we all have our reasons, just get up and do it. And if he has something to say, he will move your mouth. And that is essential to understand that this is not laying in your lap. Modern Christianity loves to pour out guilt. Uh, you're having problems because mm -hmm. uh, you're not involved in the church enough. If you had more faith, then it would be okay. Um, it, all these uh, excuses that they give to the people as to why they're not satisfied in their souls 
is all false. The reason why they're not satisfied is because they're not taught anything. And when they complain about that, then it turns out that the reason is not their fault. The fault is of them that are trying to teach them and the teachers know that they do not have anything to give. And many ministers, and I'm sure uh, Daryl might be able to attest to this, drop out of the ministry because they can see that they're not being effective. Yes. And they're honest enough to give that report. I, I don't think I'm doing any good. And that kind of honesty is something that Yahweh wants for all of us to be honest and to be obedient. See, um, start back up in first John four and seven. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of Yahweh and everyone that loveth is born of Yahweh and knoweth Yahweh. Yeah, you just cannot love true love. The love they're talking about is not the love that the world knows. This is not love between a man and a woman, not love between a parent and a child. This is a spiritual love. Uh, and you can check that out. Its origins are... Uh, grape and you can it's a greek word and they broke down love in many ways but the point is is this is a spiritual love this is not a physical love mm -hmm. and that spiritual love is far different yes than a physical love you see a child uh, parents with their children and the love is abounding and they fall in for, gladly give up their lives for their children and it's demonstrated constantly that they do that but that's still a physical love we're talking about a spiritual love mm -hmm. we're talking about the difference between having love and being love. And we are made <clears throat> partakers of his nature. And his part of his nature is love. But he doesn't have love. He is love. So you don't have to think about, oh, oh I really can't stand this person, but I know I have to love them, so I'll fake it until I get it. No, that should be a part of you that just oozes out, I'll put it that way. And it's not something that's going to come immediately. This is something that happens uh, on a growth basis, uh, meaning uh we grow in grace and we grow in wisdom and we grow 
in every way you can think of while we're in this class. This is a living gospel right. and your experiences in life are also the gospel to be learned from, to recognize that Yahweh has put you in a situation so you can uh, uh, understand something. But we're usually so busy praying that we don't have to go through it or praying for some other solution that we forget to just sit back and relax and watch Yahweh run his show. He's promised not to give any one of us anything more than we can handle. So why don't we trust him and just let it come? let it come see and that love will become a part of you and i'm not saying that you're gonna ooze love for artichokes or something uh it is that love of yahweh being so real in you and recognizing us all of us as an extension of him. So if you can see his love and feel his love, then you have to recognize that same love with your brethren. Because where has he come, as Kathy says, he's come in you. All right, keep reading. Verse 8, he that loveth not knoweth not Yahweh, for Yahweh is love. Keep going. In this, in this was manifest the love of Yahweh towards us, because that Yahweh sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And we are living through him, and dare I say because of him. Go ahead and read. Herein is love, not that we loved Yahweh, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Okay, we can't. Just keep going. Beloved, if Yahweh so loved us, we also should love one another. Yes, and that was one of Dr. Kinley's last words, you ought to love one another. Go ahead and read. No man has seen Yahweh at any time. If we love one another, Yahweh dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us. And that love within us is Yahshua being perfected in us. It really happens instantaneously. As much as the creation was created instantaneously, but he slowed it down so Moses could see how it came about. It's the same thing. And Dennis was talking, go to that. Um, um, it's not the Aya Asher Aya chart. It's the. Um, yeah, the brain chart. 
Yes. So in the center of this, you can see to the far left is that carnal heart, that heart of stone. And then to the far right, you see uh, that new fleshly heart. And then in the middle, you have Yahshua and you have like part of the hard heart and part of the fleshly heart. And that has been confused and taught incorrectly by others that you can have the hard heart and the fleshly heart at the same time in your heart. Well, it doesn't work that way any more than you can have the spirit of righteousness or the spirit of iniquity at the same time. You can only have one. Uh, it's only one way. It can't get bitter water and sweet water out of the same tap. I'm misquoting these horribly, but my point is uh, it's one or the other. But what this chart is doing that it has slowed down this process as much as that uh, Moses chart, you see how he, so you can go back to the Moses chart now. Thank you. That even though he created the creation in a day or instantaneously, he slowed it down into a seven day sequence uh, so Moses could understand it. It's the same thing with that brain chart. He has slowed that process down in that heart so we can see what we were and what we are and how that process happened. But in its reality, it happened all at once. But we're too slow to see it. We're, we're not up to Yahweh's speed to see this instantaneously. So he has slowed this down for our understanding. But you cannot have a carnal heart and a spiritual heart at the same time. It's one or the other. Okay. Uh, let's go back to the scripture. If you could pick it up for me. Uh, Mike, you want me to pick it up the 12 again? Yes, no man hath seen Yahweh at any time. If we love one another, Yahweh dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. And that love is perfected, or I think if you can uh check perfected, it, it means to come to an adulthood. Um, so that being perfected in us is that love or Yahshua being, uh, 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 perfected in us. And we just are slowed down in this creation to think it takes years and takes so long in actuality, it's in the blink of an eye. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and read. Hereby know that we dwell in him 
and he is in us because he hath given us of his spirit. Now hereby we know that he's with us. It's because he's in us and because he's given us of his spirit, that spirit of Yahshua, he has given us. And although this is a slowed down process, the reality is there is no more Diane Emler. Mm -hmm. That's the reality of it. But when I wake up in the morning, I think I am Diane Emler and <laughs> keep going on in my life. But the day will come, will that become perfected in me and there will be no more Diane. And Dr. Kinley spoke about after his vision and revelation, he got it all at once. Well, we're getting it slowed down, see? And after his vision and revelation, he said, if you did not know H.C. Kinley before 1931, June 6, then you never met him because he was changed in instantaneously and so are we but he has slowed it down bit by bit why for our learning for our understanding so that we see the inner workings of how this happens and the beauty of the gospel is that Yahshua never lets uh, the slightest thing passed. He has covered absolutely every detail. And you get into some of these scriptures and you see he is fulfilling. We call it to the jot, to the tittle. Well, it, it's amazing. And how he can fulfill three, four, or five things all with one action. And it's not like he sat around and said, oh, to, this morning I got to baptized and fulfilled. That was not the thinking process. He went ahead with his life and followed his heart, that which was within him. Mm -hmm. And it was his nature. And that was what he did. And that's what we want. We can't sit there and go, okay, it's time for me not to get angry anymore. You know, and all of tried with different things and it just does not work. We need his nature. We don't need one attribute or two attributes. We need the whole kit and caboodle. We need all of it to operate properly. And that is what he is doing for us, but he's allowing us to see the intricacies in which he is performing that. And that'll leave your mouth hanging on the floor for the rest of your life when you see how he works this purpose. Mm -hmm. Continue on. Verse 14. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Yahshua is the Son of Yahweh, 
Yahweh dwelleth in him, and he in Yahweh. So the only way that you can recognize that he is the true Messiah is if that spirit dwells in you. You can't see any of this without the Holy Spirit. Nothing. You can't even want to know about anything unless you've got the Holy Spirit in you. But for me, I need to learn to trust more and let it unfold and let it happen and not to be afraid that I will damage myself for the purpose in some way. I get it in my head. I've got to do this, this, and this to be more responsible. And it's a good thought, but it's got to happen naturally. It has to be changed right there within you. And the only way you can see the father is if the son is in you, mm -hmm. period. Go ahead and read. And we have known and believed the love that Yahweh hath to us. Yahweh is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in Yahweh and Yahweh in him. Right. Now, um, and he spoke... Uh, Okay, keep reading, keep reading. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. The only way we can be bold at the end of this is not because we ticked off all the boxes of what to do and not to do. I mean, Paul talks constantly about uh, following the commandments of Yahweh, and he's never talking about the Mosaic law. He's talking about something different, something spiritual. See, obedience. Well, not obedient just in a physical thing, but obedience we're, the book says, don't frustrate grace. Well, geez, you know, that is a commandment. But it's a spiritual commandment, not a physical commandment, if that makes any sense. Go ahead and read. Verse 18. There is no fear in love. Thank you but, for this. Go ahead. But perfect love casteth out fear. Now, there's no fear in love, but this perfect love casts out any fear. The fear that we won't be enough, the fear that we haven't learned enough, or we still have problems, and I seem to be the only one that struggles with this or that. It's, first of all, that assessment is not true. All of us struggle. And because when you see the perfection of Yahshua, how can you do anything but just cry and yell for help? Because how am I going to make me have the nature of Yahshua? There's, I can't. 
I'm just learning what his nature is. And the point is, is that has to be done through the Holy Spirit. And that's dictated. And there's no way in the world that you can choose to do that. Meaning you can't say, okay, from now on, I'm never going to be angry. Well, you may end up having a heart attack because you wouldn't, you know, because you got so bottled up in anger and you just died. You, you cannot decide. You can't make yourself love somebody. You can't, you know, there's some people that just irritate us. And some people that believe things that we don't. And I'm talking about carnally, so politics or whatever. But the love is through the truth. That if there's somebody that just irritates the heck out of you, and I don't like it when they get up, and, and you just a litany of things that you would think, this is why I can't love this person. Yet Yahweh has a way to melt your heart and turn around and just say, I, I just can't help it. And you don't think about forgiving or uh, your own faults or someone else's. It's just a part of your nature and Yahshua dictates that. Now you can't sit back like a dum-dum and go, well, this is the way Yahweh made me, so this is the way I am. And if he's not going to change me, well, then I'll just be uh, an a-hole until the creation goes out. That is not the attitude of the sun. And when we see things within us that don't come up to the mark, I suffer. I suffer with those things mm -hmm. because I know that it's not glorifying him like it should. You don't blow those faults off. You suffer with them, recognizing that the only way they're going to be changed is through him in you. And the only way you've got a hope is to come to class and learn and listen. And it's through the foolishness of preaching that some may be saved. See, um, I want to get down to the uh, 18, reread 18. And then I want, um, oh my gosh. I'll read that first and I'll look for what I need. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. <laughs> you know, this is a casting out. That fear needs to be cast out. Right. And it's the Holy Spirit that can cast out those unrighteous things. And we don't think about fear being unrighteous we think about fear as being a humble thing well it's not if you fear Yahweh in that way 
Um, and it's utter respect and love. But that fear of shaking in your boots, that doesn't cut it anymore. Um, I need that one scripture. Maybe you guys know it off the top of your head. Um, uh, that uh, fear of death all their it, lifetime. Hebrews 2.14. That's it. Thanks, Kat. Mm -hmm. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, yes. that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, yes. and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. We don't need to be in that bondage anymore. Don't let that mystery of iniquity convince you that you're not enough. You are perfect for the place, the time that he has you in right now. Mm -hmm. And for those things wherein you see you're lacking, stick it out. Do the best you can. In the end, he will take care of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you don't, you care about it. Trust me, you care about it. You don't just blow it off because we are being brought into perfection. And whoever thought that a bunch of dirtbags like us could have been brought into perfection. And yet here it is. This is what he's doing. And I know that was all over the place tonight. I hope you got something out of that. And thank you for the time. Thank you, Dr. Embler, and thank you everyone for joining us this evening. We hold these Zoom classes every Tuesday from 7 to 9 p.m. Central Time, and we have in-person classes at our Velp Avenue classroom in Green Bay on Friday evenings from 7 to 9 Central Time. I'll dismiss the class with the doxology. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, Belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time and now and ever. Hallelujah. Recording stop.